Hello there. Uh, welcome to Inside Nearshoring Show. Uh, today I'm happy to welcome you, Casey, uh, as our marketing director and the person who works with me for more than 10 years. I'm happy to finally interview you uh, to hear some of the insights. And today we'll be speaking about, uh, let's say, less traditional uh, staff augmentation model, uh, which relates less to the technical roles and more to uh, non-technical roles, such as uh, maybe client support, maybe marketing, maybe recruitment, maybe something else. Uh, for 10 years in our company, you were in charge of a very diverse uh, set of roles. So can you please introduce yourself so our listeners understand who they uh, listen to? Um, okay. Hello and thanks, thanks for having me today here. Uh, well, I work uh, at Mobility since uh, 2010. I started as a freelance uh, copywriter and actually worked in content uh, and uh, in less than half a year. I moved to customer support and uh, developed myself uh, in that area. And uh, for the next years um, I hold uh, um, I held different uh, roles, uh, which included marketing and search engine optimization in particular, and uh, also business development. Uh, sometimes it was uh, sales, sometimes account manager management, uh, sometimes project management, and so on. So I had to wear different hats uh, at my uh, different roles, and uh, that's the main advantage I see at Mobilunity, that uh, I can uh, work in different directions and uh, try myself in different uh, like areas of the business. Okay, clear. But, uh, well, to, to, to keep our listeners aware, so for like, I think five, six, seven years, uh, the choice has been made. So you are more into marketing role now and you are in charge of all our marketing and operations. Uh, okay, so... Uh, what we speak today about is that like, you no, know, the, the nearshoring overall is not only about the technology, it's also about the people. And uh, I must admit, as a, as a person who uh, runs a number of uh, activities on this matter, that uh, speaking to clients or potential clients, the technical roles uh, outsourcing or let's say nearshoring is understood by them. But uh, speaking about non-technical roles uh, makes them always uh, quizzed and like, no, they don't really understand uh, how non-technical roles could be uh, augmented to else destinations. Uh, why do you think so? Uh, and uh, what is your take on all this uh, topic, let's say? Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, nearshoring as a topic and the business model is quite uh, new for all industries uh, and uh, in particular uh, technical nearshoring became popular like 10-15 years ago before we had only outsourcing as the main form of uh, outsourcing everything, the project-based outsourcing. And uh, in my opinion nearshoring is developing in a similar way in the way outsourcing started developing development, uh, like first technical professions, then uh, more of uh, dummy jobs, I would say so, and then uh, more and more roles of uh, non-technical roles like digital marketing, uh, customer support and so on. So I believe it's just the matter of time, in few years, uh, um, nearshoring of uh, such roles uh, 
like uh, digital marketing, uh, customer support, maybe HR recruitment and so on will be as popular as it is now uh, technical neosharing. And oh. of course, uh, the, uh, the boom uh, at the market for their distributed models and all the situation with the COVID uh, made a great uh, acceleration of all these changes in the global, global market. Okay, okay. But uh, even before we switch to the next topic, so my assumption is that technically, especially in European Union, it is quite a common thing that, well, during the COVID years, uh, let's say the headquarters could be somewhere, let's say, in, in, in Zurich or in, in München, in Munich, uh, while uh, HR operations could be run from, I don't know, Krakow and uh, let's say accounting could be the accounting staff could be sitting somewhere in Sofia uh, so in my opinion uh, the European market specifically is uh, ready for non-technical neassuring even within the same organization for quite a, a big period of time and they see it is working so uh, it's a bit uh, weird to me and maybe you have different opinion why Europeans specifically are uh, looking at a possibility to near-shore non-IT uh, staff somewhere else in, in, in else destinations with uh, more uh, accuracy, so to say. They are still like thinking, they are, they are not certain how this can actually work. Why do you think so? Uh, well, I believe uh, there's a number of uh, professions and uh, like uh, marketing and recruitment in particular, which should be uh, more involved in-house uh, than uh, in other destinations. Uh, just because uh, I believe that uh, similar to technical outsourcing, the head of marketing should be uh, in the majority of cases on-site uh, because the strategy, the vision and uh, the understanding of the market couldn't be outsourced so easily or near-short so easily as uh, it is uh, more specific tasks like uh, technical tasks and um, uh, manual uh, jobs uh, where you do like data entry and uh, so on. Okay, okay, good. Uh, for past years you were hiring uh, dozens if not hundreds of people locally here in Ukraine for ourselves and like you know for, for the clients of ours. And what do you think are the professions that uh, could be the best fit for the staff augmentation model? Uh, to our potential clients worldwide, not only the European Union, but let's say from anywhere, maybe Japan or uh, North America. Uh, first of all, I will start with the uh, job uh, and uh, professions which are close to me. Uh, this is all kinds of digital marketing, uh, which includes search engine optimization, uh, PPC, uh, social media management and so on. I believe uh, as long as you have uh, the visionary, the strategic, strategic uh, person in-house, you can outsource all other roles uh, to Ukraine and not only Ukraine, uh, but um, I will talk later, I guess, about the specifics of Ukrainian talent and uh, which roles are good to outsource in Ukraine and which are not. Uh, the second uh, is a quite popular uh, like direction is customer support. Uh, it's all it's already well developed in Ukraine. There are several, uh, I would say, big companies uh, which provide uh, customer support and technical support uh, to clients uh, worldwide. Uh, and I believe this could be only uh, growing and growing next. Uh, the next direction is um, everything related uh, to 
management of uh, teams uh, that, that will be rela re related to HR, maybe recruitment, uh, but uh, uh, I would repeat myself that head of recruitment and strategical center should be in-house while uh, searching for the specific profiles, uh, pre-screening them uh, could be done in uh, Ukraine and uh, similar countries in Eastern Europe. Uh, well, uh, and there is also big, um, uh, big uh, additional activities in um, sales, uh, like outbound marketing um, and uh, all types of lead gen. Uh, this could be very successfully outsourced to Ukraine, uh, because I would say Ukraine um, is uh, like on the another level already, because uh, we have enough tech-savvy people who are able uh, to look through all different algorithms and uh, optimize the work uh, to do that not only manually, but somehow uh, through automations. Okay, this is one of the questions that I, I picked up from your last answer and I want to dive into this, let's say, lead generation or outbound marketing. So you said that, uh, well, it's not as simple maybe or it's not as straight so like you know you just don't sit on on at computer and like you know take a base of i don't know hundred thousand uh, emails and spam them right so uh, lead generation nowadays is slightly else activity which of course should be compliant with a number of like new rules and laws in particular regions like european union or california or uh, just the common common sense of it but you said that uh, technology is also put on top of this activity. So can we dive a little bit into the lead generation processes? I'm not asking how exactly to do it, but you said that like Ukraine is already perhaps one step ahead of uh, some else destinations. Why is that and uh, what services can be picked up in Ukraine particularly uh, in regards to outbound marketing? Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe uh, Ukrainian companies already know a uh, specific structure of the team which work, which would work uh, well uh, for this kind of tasks. So uh, there is differentiation of researchers, uh, of uh, SDRs um, and also sales managers. Uh, and uh, while working uh, as a lead gen researcher, uh, it's uh, quite important uh, to make this task uh, not just a dummy job uh, to find the leads and to email them or uh, to connect uh, with them on LinkedIn. It's important uh, to make this uh, job challenging for people because particularly in Ukraine, uh, people are not quite interested in doing dummy, dummy jobs. I would say Ukraine is not the best destination uh, to outsource like manual data entry. There are countries which would uh, be a better fit uh, for this job just because it would be cost-wise uh, more effective. Uh, so to, um, to do this uh, job uh, quite challenging, uh, there are already enough um, uh, limitations from uh, such tools as uh, LinkedIn and also Gmail and so forth. And uh, there are a lot of companies uh, and uh, teams who work um, on investigating these reasons and there is a lot of knowledge sharing already in Ukraine about uh, all this lead gen uh, topic and um, uh, process. Uh, I would say um, all uh, 
technical companies in Ukraine, IT uh, outsourcing companies, they are looking for the leads for themselves uh, in other regions. Uh, so lead gen is their primary need. And as long as they are themselves IT company, uh, there is a perfect synergy of uh, technical talent who can advise how to automate all these damaging tasks and uh, actually uh, sales leads who are able uh, to come up with creative approaches, how to approach leads, companies and so on. Okay, so am I right assuming that in your company there is also a lead generation activity that brings you some quality leads and you, you continuously work on this uh, department, let's say? Uh, yeah, that's true and uh, I should admit that uh, in this activity we should be uh, like uh, doing a pilot uh, every few months uh, because uh, everything is changing uh, in particular in the tech field uh, too, too rapidly. Uh, too many limitations, uh, too many uh, companies which do alike thing and you need to differentiate yourself in this market. Good. So we take technology aside and we look at outbound marketing overall and my assumption is that well, you cannot do good outbound marketing, especially if it's somewhere near shore, put like the team is doing that for you, without the proper creative approach. So what do you think or how capable Ukrainians or let's say other nations might be in providing both parts of the service, not only the mechanical, when you gather the leads, you uh, like nurture the, the accounts that uh, the client needs to approach, but also uh, coming up with some creatives that will actually catch an eye and establish a conversation and uh, maybe convert this particular lead into something that is called prospect or whatever. Uh, I would say this is a specific role which uh, should be defined uh, from the very start that uh, there should be a person responsible for creative uh, uh, copywriting, for creative approaching all the leads. Uh, you can't put this uh, task uh, on a common lead gen or a sales specialist. Uh, it's just not their uh, responsibility to come up with creative approaches. Uh, but uh, as long as um, uh, there are many startups uh, in Ukraine uh, who are already very creative in the way they uh, come up with ideas. Uh, there are a lot of creative people in Ukraine who are able uh, to take on this task uh, and be on top of uh, copywriting, creative uh, uh, marketing and so on. And I believe uh, in our company we have enough cases uh, to show how we did that uh, for ourselves, uh, how we approached uh, from what side and uh, how cost-effective it was uh, because what we do, uh, we always focus uh, on the uh, expenses and um, um, ROI of the project. Uh, we don't have huge budgets, but at the same time we're able to catch the needed audience uh, uh, for the needed cost. The question then uh, arises and I'm pretty sure many listeners might be uh, doubting about that. So, okay, I take a team somewhere in Eastern Europe, but my target clients are, let's say, in, in the US or in, uh, in uh, France or maybe Nordic countries of Europe or maybe Asia. How confident can I be about the team for outbound marketing that I placed somewhere near shore, that they not only do the mechanics, which is clear, it can be done from any part of the world, but also they can feel the pain points of my 
clients, uh, potential clients. They can uh, push these pain points through the pitch message and they can come up with a creative that actually will convert this proper sales funnel for the uh, outbound marketing uh, team. Uh, how likely this may happen somewhere near shore and not at the headquarters of the client? Well, uh, we had the cases when uh, we had to approach not similar to us uh, uh, nations uh, like Japan uh, in our own uh, company. And I wouldn't say that it's easy to find the proper person who would uh, stop that or that everything and who would uh, have that feeling uh, of uh, culture fit and um, understanding of the business uh, culture in that another country. But it is possible as long as you have time and you are ready to invest in your team uh, which would be working not for a month but uh, for a long time it would be very possible to hire uh, to hire the person who had uh, actual experience in working in that country in the target country uh, the person who lived there for some while uh, at the same time in ukraine here we have uh, lots of uh, linguistic uh, universities who are whose graduates uh, um, travel around the world and uh, live for several years uh, or months uh, in other countries and actually go in some kind of practice there. And they, they are able to give this expertise uh, to lead gain or marketing and so on. Uh, but um, I... Uh, shouldn't be too optimistic about this, uh, that uh, it's, it won't be, in my opinion, it won't be possible to build such a team which would be targeting like uh, seven or even five locations in a month or two. It's something you, you should have uh, time uh, to invest, uh, to pre-screen these candidate, this candidates and uh, to build this team step by step, not uh, at once uh, and uh, in one month. Okay. That's a good good point, but also I want to clarify. So, speaking of nearshoring for non-tech uh, professions, uh, how how much time may a client need to invest into working with this team? Let's say some team that is placed in Romania, Poland, or Ukraine, uh, or maybe it is something that uh, really requires no huge time expenses and like you know the team is being set up by vendor and then like you know it goes very much smoothly from the day one or two uh, well, the most important point in building any assuring team is uh, treating this team as a part of your own company. So if you need uh, a month or two to onboard a new person in your own uh, in-house office, uh, in uh, whatever headquarters uh, you have, uh, at the same time, and maybe like 10% more, you would need uh, to onboard the team in any other destination. It's critically important uh, uh, to onboard them to the product, uh, to give them the feeling of uh, your target audience, uh, your corporate values, uh, the way it all works in, at your site and maybe even to organize uh, a trip or come here to Ukraine uh, to give the feeling of uh, to these people that they are working in your company, they are not just uh, providing a service uh, for some period of time. Uh, Neosharing is always about long-term cooperation and um, always about building lasting relationships uh, from the very start. Okay, fair enough. Um, other question comes up, especially once, well, since we are in Europe, where lots of very nice but very sometimes very small countries they speak their own language the question now is uh, i understand ukraine 
is full of talent who speaks English and it's not a, a, a challenge to find the person who is like English fluent and like can, can write, can speak, no worse than I do. Uh, but uh, what about else languages? What can business from somewhere in Europe or maybe not only Europe but else countries uh, expect in regards to Ukrainian talent pool uh, in their ability to speak some else languages? What is your uh, opinion and experience saying on that? Uh, well, European languages which are popular world, worldwide, uh, like uh, Italian, French, German, uh, Spanish, uh, are same popular in our country. So in addition to English, uh, usually people who uh, study some language, they uh, pick one of these languages and uh, it would be uh, not as easy as uh, to find English-speaking person, but um, easy enough uh, to find a person who would be speaking German or Spanish uh, or French. Uh, when it comes to more uh, um, exotic, exotic <laughs> yeah, languages uh, like uh, Japanese, uh, Korean, uh, and so on. Uh, there are people in Ukraine who would speak this language and would be fluent in it, uh, but uh, again, that would be another cost and uh, more time will be needed to onboard such people. Uh, but as long as you um, need uh, a person who would speak any of the European languages, that would be pretty easy uh, to find. Okay, and I, I recall myself like know who, what languages our staff was speaking for the whole years of our operation. So it was like, you know, starting from Middle East, Hebrew, Arabic, Farsi, uh, Hindi, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Uh, in Europe, we had German, French, Italian, Spanish, Polish, Turkish. I think that's it. Anything I missed? Mm, I guess no. Okay, so you said that many people in Ukraine, they speak two foreign languages aside of Ukrainian and Russian. Uh, do you speak some second language as well? Yeah, I speak Deutsch and Wiesheim, but I would not do interview in Deutsch. Ah, my second language is Deutsch also, so I understand you. Good. Danke. Uh, thank you. Uh, it was a little conversation in German to those who do not really understand our perfect pronunciation. What advantages may our region of Eastern Europe have uh, comparing to, let's say, other destinations for non-IT uh, processes outsourcing? Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, uh, it's possible to organize around-the-clock coverage uh, for uh, all kinds of business uh, operations, especially if the business is located in uh, United States or uh, uh, Asia, like uh, Japan, Korea, uh, Singapore, and so on. Um, we have we had uh, cases when we had own customer support team who actually provided uh, round-the-clock coverage of all the services. Uh, we had like three shifts per eight hours, so it's very possible to build this, the same team here in Ukraine. 
the second uh, it's uh, very uh, close uh, to European uh, mentality uh, if you are looking for uh, somebody if you're you are located in Europe and you are looking for like assistance of customer support uh, who would be speaking to your customers with a very alike mentality uh, Ukraine would be the perfect fit uh, and actually many Eastern European countries uh, would be uh, very suitable uh, for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think there might be a need when when a company somewhere based in I don't know, Europe, they do not really want to come to a vendor to actually lease some of the brains, let's say, who will be actually doing the job, but they can see that uh, our country or some else country might be a good base for a branch opening. So uh, when they think whether it could be Bucharest in Romania or maybe uh, Warsaw in Poland or maybe uh, Ljubljana in, 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 in Slovenia, uh, they are not sure where exactly to go and how can a company like yours be of an assistant to actually verify the market and whether it will be possible then for the client to actually run their own operations in, in your country uh, without getting your lifetime assistance, let's say, as a vendor? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that would be very possible, uh, especially if uh, you're ready to like test first uh, this uh, Nyasha Center for a year uh, to see if it's working and uh, if uh, that's a perfect match for you, uh, then yeah, there is uh, always an option uh, to come and actually uh, to uh, take over all this uh, center to make it like a branch of your own company and uh, run it uh, yourself uh, here or not yourself. Uh, we as a company are also able to hire to staff the person who would be on top of the center uh, and uh, after the year of operations you would be able to tell if uh, this like uh, um, head of Ukrainian R&D uh, is good enough uh, to keep running himself uh, this center here. Okay, okay, good. Uh, let's touch up again a mentality of Ukrainian talent. So uh, what, uh, what can you say special about Ukrainian talent so our listeners understand that when thinking about taking marketers or virtual assistants or uh, accountants or HRs in, in Ukraine, what they should expect and what they should not be expecting from the people uh, hired here? Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, I would say that uh, all uh, people working at such uh, um, like professions uh, are young enough and they are very, very motivated uh, to develop their own skills and to have some kind of career path uh, uh, further at this role uh, or uh, like um, make some uh, uh, make some change, but still to always develop themselves. Uh, usually Ukrainians uh, are not uh, uh, too motivated when they have the same task uh, which they have to complete like for uh, a year, for, seven, uh, for two years and so on. You should uh, know that and uh, plan that your neosharing team uh, should also have uh, some kind of career path, uh, not uh, like in several months, but in years. Uh, when you are hiring a Ukrainian, uh, you also can count on uh, pers um, 
personal self-investigation skills and uh, there are lots of people who are very very interested uh, in um, um, in taking responsibility and actually running the project all even a small task small project but uh, to run that themselves uh, so if you are able to give uh, just bits of freedom to a bit of responsibility to that person uh, Ukrainians would be the perfect match because uh, when they see that uh, their services are needed and they are able to contribute to that project uh, that would be just a perfect uh, fit because they will be able uh, to show uh, you as top of this um, uh, company project and so on uh, how they can uh, develop it uh, further um, and um, another thing is about uh, work and life balance it is a popular topic in the states and in europe but not as popular in ukraine uh, while uh, within the recent five years uh, people uh, yes are quite interested uh, uh, in the conditions uh, the company can um, provide uh, they are all they are more uh, motivated to work and to grow uh, professionally uh, than uh, all other perks uh, and uh, uh, social activities a company can provide uh, in my opinion it it may be a great advantage uh, of european of uh, ukrainian talents because uh, they are ready to invest themselves a bit more uh, maybe than uh, other nations uh, just to prove that uh, they can work on a better uh, level than everyone else uh, well yeah okay okay uh, I also know that in your company specifically approximately 10 to 15 percent of the clients are combining both the technical teams and they have non-technical let's say sub teams somebody is utilizing the recruiting dedicated recruiting services and a specialist who works for them uh, somebody uh, takes the uh, virtual assistant, somebody uh, comes for the marketer. Uh, how correct do you think the approach is when the client uh, considers uh, the vendor uh, not only for the, let's say, the technology aspect of it, or not only for non-technological aspect, but they see this is a center for my Ukrainian team growing and this team might be composed of a couple of teams. Uh, do you think this is right approach or it, uh, it eliminates the focus uh, of the vendor and the client themselves? Uh, well, that depends on the uh, focus of uh, the vendor themselves, uh, because in our company we have the focus on hiring the right talents, uh, not only technical talents. From the very beginning, we, t we were saying to all our leads and uh, clients that we are building lasting relationships with uh, whatever um, employees they are. Uh, we do not uh, look at them as the technical force, we look at them as people. Uh, that's why for us it's very easy to find non-technical specialists and uh, to involve them into the project uh, and uh, actually work with them as uh, with any other engineer um, in the same way. Uh, I would say it this way, um, because there are many IT companies which provide uh, solely technical services. Uh, they are more like uh, project-based. Uh, they have uh, this specialty in working either uh, in machine learning or in uh, computer vision, I don't know, uh, or only in React. Um, 
In this case, maybe such a vendor won't be the, first, uh, the best option uh, to, um, to build a team uh, which would uh, have not only technical specialists. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's imagine a couple of or maybe dozens of our uh, less listeners now are thinking uh, about neoshoring overall, not only technical neoshoring, but some, some kinds of neoshoring. Uh, if you may please give an advice to such listeners uh, about like, you know, what would you advise them uh, while they are not yet certain about uh, Ukrainian talent? Uh, well, if uh, you are not certain, uh, then, uh, uh, well, I guess you should uh, give it a try and see what kind of uh, candidates uh, could be proposed to you uh, to, and uh, try to go for the interview with them. You are not supposed to hire anyone. Uh, it's absolutely free uh, and um, requires no um, fees uh, just to check the candidates and see if there is a cartel cultural fit between uh, you and Ukrainian talent. Uh, and um, at the same time, you should keep in mind uh, the points which I already mentioned that, uh, first of all, you would need to spend time on onboarding. And uh, if you want uh, your marketer, customer support, uh, recruiter to work well, you will need to onboard them very well about the specifics of your product or service. And uh, the second is uh, to keep in mind always the career paths which you will be able to uh, provide uh, to this specialist uh, for a year, a couple of years and so on. If you are able to build this uh, future for them, they will be working for you uh, for a long time and uh, that will be a very um, profitable, mutual partnership. Perfect. Thank you very much, Casey. Casey was very, uh, very uh, clear in her explanation that the point here is that should you consider Ukrainians to be working with you remotely, doing some non-technical jobs, it could be recruiting, marketing, sales, uh, client support, virtual assistants, maybe some even data entry or things like that, you should always keep in mind that first it must be still a chemistry between yourself or the managers who will be working with your team in Ukraine and these Ukrainians who would be hired specifically for you. And secondly, it's important as to any else Ukrainian to understand that this job is long lasting. It will give not only a paycheck, but also will give some an ability to, to professionally grow. And should your company be capable of providing that a professional growth plan in the years from one year to another, doing more and more complicated things, I think things will be very much all right with you. Casey and I think this way, so hopefully this will, was interesting to you. Uh, thanks for watching us and uh, see you next time. Bye.